Welcome to A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, Lead Practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and number one best-selling author. In this podcast, I aim to give you practical tips on how to accelerate and sustain your health, increase your financial, spiritual and emotional wealth and to look at something that haunts many of us needlessly, weight loss. In some episodes, I'll have guests available to give you even more tips, but in others, the floor is yours. Drop us a line at A Magical Life Podcast on Facebook and let me know what you would like to know more about. Now, sit back and enjoy, because it is time for you to create and truly discover a magical life. Welcome back to A Magical Life. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, and I'm joined today by Brent German, who is a certified teacher and practitioner of hypnotherapy, timeline therapy, and neuro-linguistic programming. He helps guide you to overcome addictions, anxiety, fear, depression, procrastination, and more. I'm going to share Brent's story here with you because I think many of us feel that coaches have no idea what we're going through when we do those, you know, complimentary intake calls with them. But Brent really has walked a mile in many people's shoes. At 17, he joined the National Bank here in Australia, quickly advanced into a lending role. When he was 26, his mum suddenly passed away. He overate and overdrank for at least seven years after losing her and gained a lot of weight. He knew that he was sad but unaware that he was depressed. He cut his work schedule immediately from 60 to 32 hours a week so he could do all the things he wanted and do things with his life in the future. In 2003, after completing a gruelling four-day self-development seminar, he quit the bank and became a PGA professional golfer and certified golf coach. To improve his skills, he studied for a week at the best golf school in the USA, the Jim McLean Golf School, and learnt from Tiger Woods Golf Coach and many other elite world-class coaches. He's worked alongside Tony Robbins and has studied to improve his life and skills via self-development since 1998. Sadly, in 2017, Brent lost his sister Renee, aged 33, to suicide. At this point, He had learned many skills to help himself make decisions for his life and found out that he could use these skills to guide others to find their answers for life and to find their yes. Welcome, Brent. Hey, hi, Magic. How are you doing? Doing great. Tell us. Now, going from the bank to the golf course, that's a big jump. Oh, it was easy in the end. (laughs) Yeah, I loved golf. Started playing at the age of 11. And the reason I actually started playing golf, do you know how parents are overbearing when it comes to doing sport? Well, yep. I had the overbearing parent, my dad, who made me play tennis, made me play table tennis. I'd play five hours in, in 40 degree heat at, back home in Cobram. And um, that was actually the main reason that got me into golf, to get away from him. So it's funny how life happens. But it was a pretty easy transition from the bank to golf after doing a Tony Robbins seminar. I remember after doing 16 hours a day 
four days or five days in a row. At the end of that, and I had an eight-hour drive back to Wangaratta from Sydney, and I said to my friend Tish, who I took, I said, fuck that, I'm going to do golf for the rest of my life. So when I got back to work the next day at the National Bank, I said to the big guy, at the, Bill Dean at the National Bank, my area manager, I said, I'm going to quit the bank. I'm going to become a golf pro. Bill said, yeah, I know you love golf. Just tell me when you need to pull the pin. And he said, just keep on getting your numbers. So I had the support from the National Bank straight away. Um, there was a bit of transition time in doing the tryouts to be a golf pro to when I quit. But about a year later, I, I left the bank. And yeah, it was an easy transition, but I just made a decision. and basically said, fuck that, I'm going to do golf for the rest of my life. And so for the past 17 years, I've been doing golf, coaching golf. And still do that a little bit, but now I'm transitioning into what I've been doing a little bit on the side, which is NLP life coaching, I'm going to call it. So, yeah, it was easy. Listeners, I need to let you know Brent loves talking about all these towns in Victoria and New South Wales and Australia. So to give you a little bit of a context, um, Brent and I are both in Victoria. Cobram is up towards the border. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Three hours from north of Melbourne, Murray River. And uh, Brent is very Aussie. So (laughs) some of the uh, language he uses, if you're over in the US or UK, um, this is how a lot of us talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just being me. Got to be authentic listeners. Love that. Now, Brent, I always ask the same three questions of my guests and I'm amazed the different answers I get. And I think the listeners really do get a lot out of each question. So the first one is, what can your expertise do to accelerate health? When we're talking health, it's not just the physical, but the emotional and the spiritual health. Well, mindset's key. So if your mind's in the right place, things can change. If your mind's not in the right place, they can't change. So what I use is a tool called NLP anchoring or neuro-linguistic programming. I've used that many times with clients to flip their subconscious into what they want in the future. So that's what I use with everyone. To give you examples of some people that I've helped, Adam's quit his bank job, now has written two books, has got his own podcast, it's gone global. He does his marketing stuff from home. He's just seen that he's improved his life straight away. Another guy I saw, and in golf lessons is quite funny, the golf lesson is not always a golf lesson, especially when it was with me. It's more of a life lesson, but I had a guy, Alan, came to me about two years ago. It was a two-hour session. And at the start, I'm very high intuition and spiritual, you could say. And I just sensed that we need, I needed to do something. So I did my NLP anchoring session. And the session was hour and a half of life coaching the last half hour was golf technique but now most guys are afraid to do this but alan trusted me i only just met him but he um hadn't been able to go outside his house for three years since his mate world successful dj uh, took his own life so i within about five minutes of my session i had alan in tears but i was controlling the situation and I changed Alan's life. So I saw Alan a year later and I couldn't believe the changes. 
I said, wow, you look different. I said, what happened? And he said, well, yep, I got rid of that girlfriend that I was with when I met you. I've changed my diet. He'd lost about 15 kgs. I didn't even recognize him hardly. Um, he quit his job. But most of all, because Alan was a successful DJ in Europe as well, because he's a pommy dude, or English for those listeners in America, <laughs> um, I actually got to get the DJ decks out again because he hadn't been able to touch them. And I created a lot of rapport with Alan because I actually DJ as well now and again, and we talked about DJing and stuff like that. But because uh, that NLP anchoring session that I used to change his mindset, he changed his life. And we're talking about a guy that couldn't go outside. He had fear of walking out his front door at home. So that's the technique I use mostly to change people's mindset. I've got plenty more examples where I've done it in golf lessons or just out in public or with my clients. But that in itself has been the biggest tool I've got in my forte to help people change their mindset in their life. And I've been doing it for years. And I love it. That's the main thing because I know I can shift people's mindset pretty quickly. So if you're an over-analytical brain, I know it's going to take me about an hour to go through this process. But if you're very open like I am, it takes, a bit, takes me about five minutes. But it just depends on the individual. And with all the clients that I help, there's a saying I use, which is a quote. If you're in your head, you're dead, which is over-analytical brain. But what I do through other processes that I use, I get you out of your head and into your heart. And if you live in your heart, that's where life lives. It doesn't live in your head. It starts in your heart. So, yeah, that's a little bit about what I do. Not everything, but a little bit. Fantastic. Now, we talk about wealth here. We're not just talking financial, but also the spiritual and emotional wealth of a person. So what are your top three tips to creating wealth? Well, you've got to have a goal in mind, number one. Number two, you've got to have the belief you can achieve that goal. So set smart goals, which I'd just say they're realistic goals. Don't, don't go overboard. And I just think you've got to be, I love to use the word grateful all the time. I use a grateful journal every day. In the morning, I write my future gratitude. So I pretend whatever goals I want in the future, I've already achieved them. And I picture myself being there. At the end of the day, I write what in the book, what I'm grateful for on that day. So they're, they're three of the tools that I use on a regular basis. There is more. And also in my house, I've got two whiteboards, one in the lounge room, one in the walkway. And I've got all my goals written on them. So if I'm ever watching TV or Netflix or whatever, when the ads are on or when the movie's a bit boring, I'll just look up at my whiteboard next to the TV in the lounge room. So they're scattered all around the place. And by having that, I've remembered all my goals subconsciously already. So, yeah, there's some tips for you. Great. Now, look, we do have to go back to your bio here. Yep. Many people deal with loss. You didn't just lose your mum, but you lost your sister. So what happened when you lost Renee and then how did you turn that around and cope with it? So what happened? Well, I was playing golf at Rosebud Country Club in Melbourne and I had a bad feeling 11.28 when I looked at the time on the pro shop that something bad had happened. I got really high intuition. But when I play golf, I turn my phone off. And 
got to the eighth hole, which is about an hour, 45 minutes later. And I said to my mate, Chris, I said, I've got a feeling I've turned my phone on. I don't know why. Turn it on, sure enough. Message from dad. Guess what time? 11.28. Renee is in a coma in, I think it was either Aubrey or Thaguna Hospital. Don't know. It's about three and a half hour drive away from, from Melbourne. And I cried my ass off for the next two holes, half hour. So I knew two of the guys I was playing golf with, but I didn't know the other guy. But I just told him what happened. And it's funny, when you tell strangers, i.e. people you don't know, your truth, and I just met this guy, I was crying in front of him, strangers actually care more than your mates or family do. It's quite weird, but I've tested that my whole life, and that's what I noticed that day. And then we finished the nine holes. It was such a good day that day. The sun was out, 28 degrees, and it was about 3 or 4 o'clock. And my mate Chris said, do you want to keep on playing golf? And I said, yeah. I said, and I said to myself, if my little sister was here right with me right now, she knew I loved golf. And what I did is I used my NLP anchor on myself. I flipped my mindset. So I wanted, what I wanted to do, if you'd seen me for the previous half hours in tears, I couldn't see even. That's how bad I was. But I flipped my mindset and I decided I'm going to just play the next time from a little sister. And if any of you golfers out there, you may have never experienced this. Now, this was the third time, mind you, I've been playing golf for 40 years. This is the third time in my life that I was in the zone. And for those that you've been there, you'll know exactly what I mean. It's like an out-of-body experience. But I made six birdies. I am a pro golfer. Um, made six birdies that nine, hit one out of bounds, didn't even worry about it, shot four under, but it was the best nine holes I'd played for about four years. So I just did it for Renee. And how did I handle my sister going? Well, she suffered pretty much from the age of 12. As soon as mum died, and what, what I struggled with myself for quite a few years was when she was, it was her first day of high school, and she was walking home and the local tennis courts are actually in our backyard in Cobram. There's about 60 or 70 people around this person on court number five. And she, Renee actually watched mum die. I can't even fathom what that was like, but she never spoke about it. I tried to bring it up with her one day, but she wouldn't talk about it. So I actually struggled with that for quite a bit when mum passed, just her watching mum die. And she struggled for a long time she tried to take a life when she was 19 and then she finally did it um, in 2017 when she was 33 but for me how I handled it I actually was surprised she lasted that long I don't like labels for mental health but bipolar was pretty soon after mum died and then later on in life it was schizophrenia she'd been in and out of psych wards she lived on the street in Melbourne for a couple of weeks in St Kilda. She camped in a tent out the Murray River somewhere once. So how I coped is I just knew that it was time. And I actually was quite surprised she lasted that long. So she did quite well with what she had. She was very strong and she was very smart. Thanks for so, sharing. I know that's such yeah. a personal journey. Now we talk about weight loss here. 
on the podcast. Many people battle with their weight quite needlessly, whether it be weight gain or weight loss. It's often emotional eating or an increase in stress or something with an external influence creating an internal belief that leads to the weight battle. So my question is, if you've ever battled your weight, what was your trigger to lose or gain it? And how did you do that? What do you suggest for the listeners? So what I did after doing a Tony Robbins seminar in 2003, one of the main things, I was overweight at 127 kgs back then. One of the main things is that we did a whole day on health and the videos they showed us on animals being slaughtered and also the videos and the photos they showed us of mincemeat really made me sick in the, in the guts or tummy or whatever you want to call it. But just to see what went into mincemeat, it was basically the, the bad quality red meat, I'm going to call it, but mainly the white fat. And then how they make the mincemeat is they put food dye in it to make it look sexy and red in the, in the supermarkets. And since that day, I've never made a mincemeat meal ever. I mean, when you go to people's houses and they make something like that, you've got to eat it sort of. So that's the only time I have it. I never order it. But I became a vegetarian straight away, still ate tuna and fish. But what I did, I had a routine and I did this 10 days in a row. In 10 days, I lost one kilogram a day, 10 kgs in total. But my diet consisted of in the morning, it was in the Nutribullet. I can actually remember it was carrot, celery, beetroot, green apples. That was my breakfast every day. Lunch was, now I had tuna and salad in pita bread for lunch every day. And at dinner time, I only had steamed vegetables. I drank heaps of water. So if I ever was hungry at work, I would just make sure I loaded up on water. So if you get that bloated feeling from water, you actually don't feel hungry or want to eat. But if I was really, really hungry, I made sure I had almonds on next to me all the time. So I ate sort of a handful of those. If I felt like I was lacking in energy, I'd eat a handful of those. Um, and I also changed my exercise routine. I lived about three and a half k's from work. So I just made sure that every day I rode my bike to work. And the lunchtime, I ride home again. And I did that every day for the rest of my time around Rangara, which is about another year and a half. And... I actually didn't drink as much. I drank a little bit back then, but um, that's how I did it. So I was 10 kgs in 10 days. And over the space of about three or four months, I'd gone from 127 kgs, way overweight, to 105. So that's 22 kgs in about three or four months I lost. And I became a vegetarian for the next three years. Didn't eat meat at all. Huge energy increase. And also the focus increases as well, less sleep, had abundant energy. So that's how I did it. And I still had, you still got to reward yourself. And it's still to this day, I love licorice bullets. So even if I wanted a few licorice bullets, even when I lost the 10 kgs in 10 days, I still ate them. So that's what I did. And when I was eating all those meals, you couldn't have salt, couldn't have pepper on it. No chili, no, no flavor enhancers, just plain, boring fruit, 
plain, boring salad, plain, boring veggies. And that's how I did it. So many people set goals for their weight. And I think people don't get to it because the goals aren't specific. So saying I want to lose 20 kilos or say if it's with their career, I want to earn six figures, they don't tailor the goals to their lifestyle and they don't make it meaningful. So making things specific, being able to measure them, giving them a time limit, how would you tell people how to make goals that they want to achieve? Well, first of all, goals have to be realistic. So you've got to believe you can actually achieve it. But what I do, and I wrote this on my, I've got a whiteboard next to my TV in my lounge room. And I wrote that I'm going to be number one bestseller on Amazon. I'm going to write a book. I've written all the chapter titles already. Um, I'm going to write a book that's going to be number one bestseller by 15th of the July this year. So by being specific with a date, it actually gets you into action. But if I just wrote on there, write a book for Amazon, it doesn't really mean anything. So being specific in I want to be number one bestseller on Amazon by a certain date means I have to get into action right now to do that. I've also on that board, I've got written my weight on there, the actual weight, and I haven't written a date next to it. So I'll do that after this podcast, but I need to write, write by when. So you have to put a date assigned to your goals. So I've got, I've got two whiteboards in my house, one next to the TV and another one in the hallway. So I'm looking at them all the time, probably unawares most of the time, but I am looking at them most of the time, which trains my subconscious. So just set a goal. And the, one of my sayings I use with myself and everyone I talk to and all my clients is life is short. At the end of the day, you could fall off the perch tomorrow. You never know. So for me, life is about bucket list items. Do the things that you want to do. Get them done. And generally, you have to go to your comfort zone. You've got to achieve, achieve something that you feel like is probably a little bit unattainable, unattainable at the moment. But you just need to just, just go and do it. As Nike said, just do it. So, yeah, just be specific with your goals and put a time, put a date on it. And even a time if you want to be more specific. So, Brent, I've learned a lot about what you do, but I really would like to delve more into that. So we will see you back for episode 93. So, listeners, you can find Brent at Instagram at Brent German coach he's also on facebook how to survive the death of a loved one or win against all odds listeners thank you for joining us for episode 92 for now go forth and create your magical life thanks for listening today please subscribe to hear future episodes leave a review and share this podcast you can follow us on facebook at A Magical Life Podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.